It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked. Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate on a Friday, JT with you. Beautiful day here in Las Vegas, Denver. Coming to town, week four of the NFL. Welcome in. Busy show today. Uh, Big week for us. Hell of a week due to the Raiders helping us out. Bobby, the head coach. Uh, Charles Woodson's going to join us in 45 minutes. Uh, Vic Tafer from The Athletic in 15 minutes. Former Raider receiver Todd Watkins, bottom of the hour. A lot to get to. So busy show. Keep it here to Raider Nation Radio for all your coverage of the team. As you know, normally we would say the calm before the storm. You've heard that term many times. This is the calm before the storm. No, it's not. The storm is here. We're trying to find calm. Okay? The storm is here, which is 0-3. We're trying to get through the storm and get to the calm era where the Raiders are winning games. No one that I know from prognosticator, Raider haters, anyone involved in the NFL, anybody with the Raider organization, anybody in the media, ever conceived the Raiders being 0-3 coming off a playoff appearance last year. But they are. And you are what your record is. Man, Bill Parcells was quoted a lot this week with that line. And the Raiders got to fight through this because it's tough sledding. No one feels for them. And they got to win. And everything seems to be on the table with the coaches, the players, you, the fans. Everybody knows what's going on. As you hear in our opening, this is Big Boy Radio. Big Boy Radio. We do radio a little bit differently in this time slot. We actually talk sports all the time, and we're desperate for wins and championships. There's no cheeseburger talks, movies, killing 20 minutes, finding out what some host girlfriend did or what some co-host, co-host, co-host did over the weekend. We don't do that crap. We talk about sports, and we try to get wins. That's it. That's all it is, and it's worked for me for 26 years. But I haven't been in a position like this with such a good Raiders team getting off to such a slow start. And you can say it. I I use the term snake bit, bad luck, whatever you want to do, it's now gone. There's only one rule, no playoff talk. That's it. Everything else is open. And I want to get into the Broncos pretty heavy today, as we did it this week with Brandon Cristal, uh, Benjamin Albright. So we had two really good insiders tell you about what's going on in denver and other than their record at two and one they're not doing anything incredible there i'll tell you that that doesn't look like a super bowl team or a playoff team that could go anywhere but they're right where they need to be atop of the afc west with kansas city because they're hanging around in games and they're not screwing up the games late and they're winning the games and they got to a two and one record i was just on a broncos uh, radio show about 20 minutes ago said hurry up guys i gotta wrap it up i gotta do my own show and, uh, you know, they're laughing and giggling. JT, give us the final score. Just when you're winning, everything else is a joke. When you're losing, everything is tight. Everybody's like, man, on edge. Go to work. You're tight. We need some looseness. We need a win. We all need it. The players need it for their families. The coaches need it for their families. Everybody wants a win here. 
And it shouldn't be that hard to get it here at home against the Denver Broncos, who the Raiders have beaten a number of times in a row and have been the better team. But you know, maybe Denver's due for one, right? Vic Fangio got fired. They changed the coaches, and they got Russell Wilson. We knew this when Russell Wilson ended up in Denver. That we, I think he's probably going to play 10 more years. At a minimum, he's going to play six or seven. So six or seven times two, you know, 14 games against the Raiders in the division. Add 20 to 25 for Justin Herbert. And throw in another 20 for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is the life we're living, man. We're living in the AFC West. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. Tough sledding. You got to have a really good defense and a good team. A good quarterback. You got to have everything right if you're going to win those games. Everything's got to be clicking, and you can't have any dysfunction. Now, for being in the building, I don't see any dysfunction. You're going to hear my conversation, part of it, with the coach again. Coach comes in. He's in a good mood. He's trying to win. If you're miserable, doesn't mean everybody else in your life has to be miserable. There's a job, and most of the people from the coaches to the players make multi-millions of dollars. Not a million, hundreds of millions of dollars. They got pretty good lives. They drive nice cars. They have big houses. They got families and all that. But when they lose, it makes things difficult because it puts everybody in a bad mood. It has everyone on edge. I haven't seen that yet in the building because I think they know their plan is in place, and it's off to a bumpy start. Stock market is a hellhole. The economy's a mess. A lot of people in that industry, from Wall Street to CEOs, they're doing it all year. Politics is a mess. People in Florida dealing with the hurricane cleanup. My brother-in-law is cleaning up St. Augustine today. Much bigger problem in life than a football game. But we live and die with the Raiders on the flagship, and we want to win every game. And it's been a bumpy road is the best way to describe it. So I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I'm always optimistic heading into a game because I know the coaches, I know the players, I know the ability. But this is a game where it could get tricky because Denver's defense and scoring defense is one of the best in football. And the Raiders need Derek Carr to elevate his game to a level where he can outperform Russell Wilson and do a better job. And I mean that. I bleep and mean that. Okay, outperform Tannehill, outperform Herbert, outperform Kyle Murray, outperform Mahomes, outperform this guy. 340 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I'm not confident Derek's going to do that, but I've seen him do it many times where I feel it could happen. It could just snap, and all of a sudden the Raiders could be back on track. So I got all the stats that we'll get into. Uh, Vic Tafer will join us here in about eight minutes, and we'll do a deep dive on the team, and then Charles Woodson, I'm really excited to talk about. I, I saved a chunk for next hour to talk about the Tua injury last night, which is the biggest topic in sports. Tua got hurt. I believe, like many, most people, that he was concussed twice in five days. He first went down at home in Miami against Buffalo, and he couldn't stand up, and when he stood up, he grabbed his head and fell to the ground. A bunch of garbage that they said that was a back issue. He was concussed. And they let him play the game. And the independent neurologist who was working the sidelines, that'll happen at Allegiant Stadium, with independent neurologists on both sidelines working for the team, plus the team's doctors, well, Miami let Tua back in the game against Buffalo. They won that game. And then last night in Cincinnati, it was very dark and difficult to watch what happened to him there. Thrown to the ground again like a rag doll. Uh, He had a spasm 
with his hands in his head that was very uncomfortable to see. And he was taken to the hospital. His mom and dad, fortunately, were there. He was released from the hospital and allowed to fly on the team plane after that violent hit, which is really shocking. And a lot of people are talking about it today. And the NFL has got to be careful here because the union that represents the players are very concerned about the protocol. They represent the players who are all making millions of dollars and they're concerned. Usually the union just wants to get the players to make more money. No, they also want them to be safe. So imagine being a Raider last night watching Thursday Night Football on Prime and you're going to play on Sunday and you see a guy get thrown to the ground and his hands are all spazzed him and he has a brain. He has a brain issue. That was hard to watch last night. It had a deep effect on a lot of people. And then Twitter just went to war. Chris Nowitzki from Harvard, who talks about concussions more than anyone in the field, he wants people to be fired. He wants people to go to jail because of this. It was on the Today Show this morning, Good Morning America, CNN, Fox News. The NFL's got another problem and right in front of them, protecting players and not letting players go back and further injure themselves when they're taken out of a game. Usually it's pretty simple. You follow protocol. You go in that blue tent. You go back to the locker room. If you're cleared, if you're cleared by an independent neurologist and cleared by the team doctor, you can go play again. So the news today is Tua is in good spirits after he left the hospital after suffering head and neck injuries. You notice this time no one's saying the crap about it being his back. No, they're saying neck and head. And the Dolphins said shortly before halftime that he was conscious and had movement in all of his extremities. A crazy night last night. Al Michaels was Al Michaels was shaken up by it. No doubt he was. And then afterwards, I thought Thursday night football did a pretty decent job. They did a decent job covering that. So that was all very interesting to me last night from a sports talk host perspective, watching that. That's not my team. And looking and going, man, they got to protect that kid. Two is a great kid. Oh, my God, what a story he is. And this guy got concussed in five days twice violently. His career could be over. It really could. He might never be the same after what just happened. I hope that's not the case, but it could be. And who's responsible for this? Who? Is it Mike McDaniels, the head coach? He could have just said, no, you're not going to play against Buffalo. I don't know. Usually it's the owner, but this owner suspended. Their owner suspended. Is it, is it the team doctor? Is it the general manager? It's tough. It's a really important topic for everybody to be aware of as you talk football with your friends and family over the weekend, what happened last night in Cincinnati. Vic Tafer, let's let Chris in West Oakland set the tone. He's been doing it with me for almost a quarter of a century before Raider games. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, JT. Yeah, real quick about the Tua thing last night. I think ultimately, whoever the medical staff, somebody cleared him to play. The coach, the coaches always go to, hey, if a guy's cleared to play, it's not on them. I'm with you. You can look. Ray Charles could have seen going back to Sunday. This was a head injury. His head slammed on the turf. He he looked like a punch trunk fighter that took a couple of Mike Tyson shots to the jaw when he took two steps and almost collapsed to the ground again. Somebody's definitely head should roll on this. My guess is it's probably at the end of the day going to be somebody on the medical staff because the the the, the coach will have that. You know, go, that, that safety net. Well, hey, I'm just a coach. If he's cleared, I don't know any better. Let's talk about the game Sunday. Look, I've been seeing all these websites, all the Facebook stuff going around. Oh, well, the Chargers are hurt, blah, blah, blah. Look, none of that crap matters if the Raiders can't win a game on their own. I'm with you. I don't want to hear playoff. 
I don't want to hear about the Charger injuries. I don't want to hear about the Chiefs being a mess. I want to hear, can the Raiders win a football game Sunday? I think they can, but here's what needs to happen. Number one, I don't know. I, I can't go out and predict a, a low-scoring win, JT. I'd love to see them say they're going to win 17-14. I don't think the defense is good enough to win a game like that. Now, the Broncos have the number one defense in football, but they played the Niners, the Texans, and Seattle. Three of the worst offenses in football. I think they're a really good defense. I don't know that they're the best. But in order for the Raiders to win this game and to get their season off the schneid and possibly hope to even look further ahead down the road, it all starts this Sunday. I think they got to score 24 to 27 points. I think they can do that. We've lost three games, JT, all by single, single digits. 13 points total. They're not that far away. I've got to believe the offense is going to play better. And everybody has to play better. It starts with number four. He's taken the blame for everything, but there's plenty of blame to go around. Receivers and tight ends have to catch the ball. The offensive line's got to quit getting these crippling penalties in the red zone that instead of first and goals at the two-yard line, we're back on the 30 because somebody's illegal motion or somebody holds when he's 30 yards away from the play. Defensively, you've got to make some stops, and they're going to have to make some turnovers at some point in this game. And Chandler Jones, I'm calling you out. Where are you? I'm not blaming you for everything, but you've got a lot of money. You've got to show up and make a difference this week. I want a strip sack, JT. I want a pick six. I want a, I want the defense to change the game somehow, not just make a stop and say we gave the offense a chance. It's always fallen on the offense all these years. And, yeah, the Raiders, that's definitely their strength. But mm-hmm. at some point, I want the defense to be the reason they win the game, not just held serve to the other team. So I'm going to go out and do it, JT. I'm going to say 24-21. It'll be ugly. It, nothing's ever easy with the Raiders. There's going to be a lot of Bronco fans in Vegas, but the Raiders are going to get their season going Sunday, and then and only then can we look forward down the road. So 24-21, and I'm going to call it right now. Chandler Jones is going to get two sacks, a strip sack, and a fumble recovery, and he's going to finally start earning that big salary. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk yeah, to you thank soon. Thank you, Chris. Way to start us off. I appreciate it. Charles Woodson coming up in exactly 30 minutes. Vic Tafer, one of our great Raider insiders, kind enough to join us from The Athletic. And, Vic, let's begin. You've been covering the Raiders a long time. Have you seen anything similar to this, a good team on paper, uh, a team that is supposed to go to the playoffs, getting off to such a slow start, knowing they have this much talent? That's a good question. There have been a lot of you know different coaches in uh, my time here, and there's always an adjustment period. I know Josh talks about that and with growing pains, and you wouldn't think it would be this hard. We had Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Derek Carr, but yeah, it has been. They haven't really taken, uh, taken off yet, but uh, I talked to him today. He's very confident. He's very excited, he said, about the offense. since they've... Uh, Made the corrections. They've learned their lessons. So um, you know, the proof's in the pudding, so we'll see Sunday. But I think the, uh, the guys here are definitely excited about what they can do on Sunday as far as scoring some points. Hey, Vic, when I was uh, in Nashville and you were there too, I was up doing the post game for a little bit when everybody was waiting on Josh McDaniels with that Mark Davis conversation. Is that much to do about something? I mean, there are times you've been in the locker room as long as anybody it takes a while to get there for the coach to get to the podium. What'd you make of it several days later when you look back at Nashville and that conversation? Yeah, I think it's a huge deal. I think people don't realize that Mark's always talked to coaches, you know, before and after games. You know, so I think obviously you can't be uh, terribly happy when you're on three after the offseason they had. So I think that I'm sure that was expressed, but I don't think it's a huge deal. I think Josh knows that what's happened so far is not good enough. So 
Um, we'll see what happens from here on out, but uh, I don't think it's a big deal, no. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Considering uh, the team is cautiously waiting for Hunter Renthro, uh, not practicing uh, going towards this, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't talk about injuries until we get the inactives on Sunday, but after seeing what happened at Tua last night, and how big the athletic has covered that story nationally, and Hunter Renfro's concussion. There's a lot of concussion talk out there. Any update on Hunter? And you think we'll get a chance to see him play in the next game or coming weeks? No, he just got back from the little practice window. He wasn't out there, so I think you can definitely say he won't play this Sunday. I think you got to be like you mentioned. Uh, you got to be extra cautious with these kind of things. It's, it's no joke. I think Hunter's had a history of concussions back in college, so I'm not sure where he's at as far as. His status, not close to the clearing the protocol, but there's no reason to rush these guys. I know football's important. These games are important. People want their fantasy guys in there, but you know, this is long-term you know, life stuff, health stuff, so there's no reason to rush guys back from the concussion. Uh, Vic, your assessment of Waller and what happened with the drops, I, I just look at him as drops. There's no other way I can analyze it other than the fact that he had two balls hit his hands, one in the end zone, both hands, and one right outside the end zone. Uncharacteristic drops. And I'm hoping he comes out like a man possessed in this game, and they feed him early. Yeah, it is weird. It also that one play down the left side where kind of he reached out with one hand and he couldn't quite get in there. The pass wasn't quite there, but it was close enough. Where I just think those guys, for some reason, in Derek Arton sink right now. I'm not sure what that is. It was it was a weird preseason where Darren was you know quote unquote hurt and had the contract negotiations and wasn't at there a lot, but definitely not in sync that they have been in the past. So I think that for this offense to get to that next level. He's a big part of it. If he catches those passes last week, no one's talking about, you know, all the stuff and the Adams and the hot takes we hear about the offense. So, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's a fine line, and we need him to be better along with, uh, with Derek Carr. Hey, Vic, as we wrap this up, it doesn't seem like a week ago Wednesday, the offensive line, Simpson, Illuminor, there are a couple of guys that didn't have great practices, and they were forced to kind of mix and match that offensive line. I thought they did okay. What was your analysis of the offensive line, and what do you expect with this rotation being here another week or soon coming to an end? Yeah, I set the bar very low this year. I've kind of been surprised and brought in more help. But saying that, I think they've overachieved. I think they have not been you know, the major problem so far. I think they've been okay. There have been some penalties you know, in, in scoring areas and some unfortunate misses here and there. But overall, they're doing better than I think you, you, you could think they could do based on the talent and the and the pedigree. So I think they're going to keep mixing guys around. And I think James is back soon. We'll see if they put him back in center or if they keep Parham there. I, I, myself, I'd probably keep uh, Dylan Parham in center because he's your guy that are going forward. But mm-hmm. I have no idea. So I'll keep mixing and matching and, and see how it goes. Vic, last one. What are your expectations for Russell Wilson, knowing that they struggled there? Look, everybody's criticizing in Vegas Josh McDaniels and Derek and progressions and what's going to happen. But it's kind of worse in Denver. The, the clock mismanagement, he had to go already, already go out, hack it, and get some help when it comes to this. And Russell Wilson hasn't been great so far. He, what do you expect to see from him in Vegas here and how the Raiders attack him defensively? You know, I'm, I'm leery because last week I heard all about Derrick Henry being washed up and he's slow and he's shot and he looked pretty good to me. So I think his defense has to definitely prove itself as well. So I think Russell Wilson, uh, he looked, actually he looked better, I thought, at the end of that game last week. He made some plays down the stretch, mm-hmm. so... I mean, he's got, he's got all the experience. I mean, I'm sure he'll figure it out, and Hackett will figure it out. But you're right, so far it's been a slow start, and hopefully the Raiders can uh, keep that going this weekend. Thank you, Vic. We'll see you Sunday. Always appreciate your time. All right, bud. Take care. Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Check out all of his columns to Sean Reed, everybody at The Athletic, as they do a really good job.
All right. You know, how many how many people can we interview who are saying the same thing? They're telling you exactly what's going on with the team statistically, the offensive line, the injuries. So Hunter Renfro not being out there at practice, you know, Simmons buried him on that play. He fumbled the ball because he got hammered on a great play by Arizona's defense. And that's changed everything. A lot's happened since that one play, right? Raiders should have ran the ball. Should have. I think 99 times out of 100, looking back, they run the ball. And I'm not guaranteeing you they would have got four yards. I'm not guaranteeing you, but they would have got a yard or two, set up Carlson, and hopefully he makes that kick. Hunter Renfro fumbled, and he hasn't been right since. That was a big moment. That The final, when they turned the ball over on downs, and the Raiders got the ball back in overtime, where it looked like they were in the midst of a collapse. They were collapsing at that moment. And they got a break, and they got the ball back. And after that loss, the scoop and score fumble, it really changed the season up until now where the Raiders are in control of their destiny to turn the season around. They can turn it around. They just got to start winning games. But going back to that Arizona game, it really is a thorn in my side. From standing in the Modelo Lounge getting ready for the postgame show with Donald Penn and going, oh, my God, the Raiders got the ball back. And midfield, the Raiders might be able to win this game and snatch it from the jaws of defeat. Renfro got injured and concussed. The ball came out. The Raiders lost the game they should have won, and then they didn't show up defensively in the first quarter on the first three drives in Nashville, and then they played really good in the second half. They fought hard but got to 0-3. So I'm sure there's going to be some plays in this game that frustrate you coming up, but I'm also hoping that there's a couple of explosive plays. Now, can you be explosive against the Denver defense? with Gregory and Chubb coming off the edge. Sertan in that secondary, which is really good. You'll hear from Josh McDaniels again next hour on how that culture of defensive backs in Denver is very strong, something the Raiders want to get. What will be the status of Nate Hobbs and Rock Yassin? Whoa, need those guys good to go. And what's going to happen in the defensive backfield here with Jonathan Abram? I don't know. I, I cannot, I can no longer... I can no longer analyze Jonathan Abram. I can't. I I don't know what to tell anybody anymore. I've run out of things to say. And I'm a talk show host. I should never admit it. Is he going to get beaten coverage? Is he going to leave a man? Is he going to pinch on a run he thinks and it's going to go over the top? He's got to have a big game. And Derek, this week is going to be very important for Derek Carr. Derek Carr could have, you know, a great life here in Vegas. And he does because he's a man of faith. He wants to win. And it must be really bothering him that he's 0-3 because he's been down that road before and he doesn't want to do it again. Raiders have to straighten it out before the bye week, which is coming sooner than later, and they got to do it against Denver. The monologue brought to you by PT's, which has the best happy hour in town. I'll be at a PT's tonight, locally in town, for a friend of a friend who's in town. Looking forward to that. Head on out to a PT's, midnight to 2. Do not drive. Have some drinks, half price. 5 to 7, happy hour on a Friday. I grew up in Long Island, New York. I think we invented happy hour. And now they got a great one in Vegas. 5 to 7, half price at every PT's 64 plus here in the Valley. And so we talked about this before the season that there's going to be some times where that happens, you know, and we're going to be talking about, well, where's this guy's targets? And then so where's Darren's targets? Where's this? And 
and I and we knew this was coming. Yeah, you know, I tried to I tried to warn everybody, but I knew that this would come, especially when Tay showed up and everyone was excited to watch us play together, right? Um, but again, I got nothing wrong with Dan. You know, I've always respected Dan, and there's nothing there's nothing there for me. But um, but when it comes to the reads and and all that kind of stuff, I I'm just gonna do the, do my best ability what Josh wants me to do. All right, that's his comments, Derek Carr to Dan Orlowski talking about missing Devontae. It's nothing personal. They're best friends. He's not ignoring. That's why I told Josh McDaniels, the head coach, and you'll hear it next hour, that comment was ridiculous, the term I used. There's been fair criticism of Derek Carr and the offense, and then there's ridiculous criticism, like Derek Carr would purposely ignore the best wide receiver in football. That's that's the garbage that seeps into an 0-3 team from the media. And the only way to get rid of that garbage is to go out and win. Former Raider wide receiver Todd Watkins kind enough to join us, also with the Cardinals, Falcons, and the Giants. Todd, great to talk to you about the Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, who are struggling at 0-3. How much have you been watching, and what do the Raiders need to do to get it back on track? So, hey, thanks for having me. I mean, it's been, I've been watching the Raiders a lot this, uh, this last couple of years. Um, it, it, it's really meant a lot to see the, the success that they've been able to, to, to bring to the city of Las Vegas. I wasn't sure how this whole thing was going to turn out. But, uh, you know, on paper, they seem to have one of the best teams in the NFL, um, I hope. And I'm actually going to be at the game this Saturday or uh, this Sunday, and I want to see if they can uh, pull it together and, and take down a, a pretty good Broncos team. Yeah, I think they're going to have to play really a really good game. Todd, this week we've been using bad luck, snake bit, playing one half and not the other. It just, you know, you played in this league, and you know when you get into halftime and you're trailing and you're a receiver, what are those halftime announcements like? Because the Raiders got a bunch of them, especially Devontae Adams. What type, what type of leadership do you hear from your coaches at halftime to get an offense going? Well, when you got a guy like Devonta Adams and Waller, I mean, these guys, and even Renfrow, these guys can get open on any kind of one-on-one matchup. You know what I mean? The, the, the core that we had in 2009, 10, 11, you know, Zach Williams, solid tight end. But these guys that are on this roster right now are at a different level. Um, so the fact that they are kind of hitting these speed bumps and Carr is being limited to, you know, you know, he's hitting some deep balls, but they're they're not really uh, connecting consistently enough to get down there and and put up some some points. And I know defenses are good and all that, but I mean, they their offensive firepower is is amazing. And uh, I hope they can turn it around and start it going this week because they're really they're not out of it. But I mean, they've got the, they've got the horses to make it happen. Uh, Todd Watkins is our guest. So tell me about your career. You played at BYU. Big-time offensive program, huge offensive philosophy, the history of that program before you came into the league and came into Arizona to start your career before you got to the Raiders. What was it like playing in college not too far from Vegas? Uh, I loved stopping in Vegas. I'm from San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played at Ulex High School with Reggie Bush and Alex Smith. So we had a we had a squad. But Vegas was five hours from Provo, Utah, and five hours from San Diego. So I made many stops in in Vegas throughout my my college career, so I, I definitely enjoyed um, seeing the transformation that Vegas has done in the last you know 15 mm-hmm. years since I've been in college. Um, BYU was an awesome place. They're actually going to be playing Notre Dame at the Death Star. 
I think next week. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if I can, if I can, if I can swing it, I'm going to come out to that as well. But uh, but playing at BYU is awesome because they love throwing the ball. Um, they love their quarterbacks, <laughs> right? So they're doing everything to showcase the skill that they have at quarterbacks. So it was a natural fit for me to be a speed guy to go into Utah and to uh, and to catch a lot of deep balls. Todd Watkins, as we wrap it up. So uh, let me know a little bit, if you can, about a Mr. Davis experience you had when you came to the Silver and Black, what you heard, what you thought about the organization and your time when you came to the Raiders. I know when he came out in his golf cart on, I think it was Friday, the intensity of everybody on that field went up to the 10th degree. Everybody was showing out. Everybody was showing off because they wanted to make sure Mr. Davis knew that, hey, we were ready to play and we were ready to play for him. So those days uh, that he came out to the field, like I said, man, the intensity of the whole practice uh, uh, increased infinitely. Todd Watkins as we wrap it up. So, Todd, what are you doing with your family now in your life? Tell us what's going on. Uh, So after football, my wife blamed me for not going back to Hawaii. She went to BYU Hawaii for a semester. And she left that school to, to go to BYU Provo, met me, and then blamed me for not being able to go back to Hawaii. <laughs> so when my kids were real young, this was 14 years ago, we moved out to uh, uh, we moved out to Maui. So we've been out here ever since. Wow, what's going on in Maui? I, I go out there often, man. What a, what a, that is probably one of the best places in the world to live. What do you do out there? What's going on with the kids? Tell us about your personal life. So when I was uh, with the NFL, right, we had the, uh, the lockout, 2010. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I got some union background and how labor works. Mm-hmm. So I got into uh, the Hawaii Government Employees Association. So I'm a union agent for um, people of Hawaii out here. So I do negotiations, nice. go to the table. So it's, uh, it was a natural kind of fit where I like to fight for um, fight for people and their rights and their benefits. Fantastic. That sounds exciting. Sounds like you have a great role in life going forward. I'll see you out at the game on Sunday. We could sure use some good Hawaii spirit and get that victory (laughs) and get the Raiders their first one. So I look forward to seeing you, Todd. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. They're going to do it. Thank you. Todd Watkins, former receiver for the Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino. When we talk to alumni of the team, he'll be out there. Uh, breaking news, we have Fred Bolitnikoff and Tim Brown confirmed. They'll be live at the Torch right around noon. So you want to get in there around noon, you could see two of the greatest to ever play. On stage with Eric Allen and myself. Great photo op uh, behind the stage to see this and take a look at this. Fred Bolitnikoff and Tim Brown will be two of our guests that will join us live from the Torch along with Lincoln Kennedy, Jason Horowitz, the voice of the team, And Paul Gutierrez is our NFL insider this week. So come on out to the torch and and get the vibe going. Get in there early. There's going to be some pretty cool entertainment and a lot of fun. If you want to get in before Charles Woodson, dial now, 702-365-9200. At the top of the hour, I put a a few minutes aside to talk about Tua. God, that's a big story right now. NFL has got a problem on their hand. I think the NFL does great things. I'm an NFL fan. I love the NFL. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm invested in the NFL. So when something bad happens with the NFL, an athlete with domestic violence, 
an athlete gets into a car accident and kills someone, something that happens with a concussion on the field or someone gets injured, I typically don't blame the NFL, but you have to get the NFL's reaction to this. And the NFL's got to have a strong decision on what happened with Tua over the five-day period. Why was he in the game? Why was he cleared to play? And they have to do an investigation into the protocol. And whoever that independent team neurologist is, good luck. Good luck, because I don't think he's going to be there with the Dolphins anymore. On top of the fact that the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, is suspended for a year. Who's running that team, and what's going to happen there? So there's a lot going on. Plus, Brett Favre is in the news more and more and more over the fact that he took some money that shouldn't have gone directly to him and a volleyball court in Mississippi, and the Wolves are at the door for Brett Favre, a first ballot Hall of Famer. So there's always going to be some negativity and some news out there. We got a London game coming up. Uh, Lee Sterling came on and talked about some of the odds here. So if you want to wake up and watch some early football, early football, I think that's a pretty good game. Minnesota and New Orleans playing Sunday. That's the early game from London. I'm one of, I think, a few, maybe more than a few that loves the London game. Every time I went there, we had fun. The other marquee games, Cowboys and Commanders, just due to the rivalry, a big game, biggest game of the year for the Commanders to get back to 2-2 two and two if they can and slow down the Cowboys. Uh, the Titans, who the Raiders just lost to, play the Colts. So the Titans are looking to get to 500. How about this for a game? Some people wonder Super Bowl preview. I doubt it. Jaguars and Eagles. Eagles get the Jaguars at home to go to 4-0. Jaguars are 2-1. and one. Uh, So the schedule, this isn't a great schedule this weekend. And traditionally, Denver and the Raiders are always a marquee game that people want to talk about. The Bills are playing the Ravens. I talked to a buddy of mine who's going to that game. He's a Bills fan. He lives in D.C. And they are talking about the issues surrounding the hurricane. As the hurricane's going north, that Ravens game's supposed to be in the rain, and that could be a mess. The Chargers are at the Texans. Uh, if the Char- how, how come the Raiders don't play the Texans this week? Like, we didn't get the Texans like week one or two. Chargers have them, right? If the Chargers don't beat the Texans, in Houston, I think their season's over. They'll go to one and three with an injured quarterback. They're going to be in big time trouble. Patriots without Mac Jones at the Packers. And the Chiefs and the Buccaneers are going to stay in Tampa Bay on Sunday night. They're going to play that game Sunday night, and that's a good thing. The Buccaneers moved to Miami to practice. They'll go back to Tampa and prepare for that game. And then the Monday night game coming up will be the Rams. And look, Rams are a very good team, reigning champs. They'll play at the 49ers in what feels like a make-or-break game for the Niners. If the Niners lose, they go to 1-3. and three. The Rams will be 3-1. and one. And what's going on in that division? So the Niners, kind of a big, big game in Santa Clara early in the season. Do you call this parody or bad luck or slow starts? Our Raiders are the only team in football without a win or a tie. That's got to change coming up this Sunday. All right, coming up next, Charles Woodson. Uh, we have Charles on a few times a year. We're working with his bourbon whiskey. And he has a golf tournament coming up. And Charles was kind enough to reach out to us and get him on the radio. We are proud partners with Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. And we'll have Charles coming up next, so stick around for that. I'm going to do a deep dive on the Raiders' slow start with him and how he sees it as he's an analyst for Fox and what the Raiders need to do to get this moving again. JT on a Friday on the flagship of the Raiders.
Fourth and goal inside the Titans 10. Snap to Carr. They bring a blitz. Lobs one far corner of the end zone for Hollins. Jump ball grounded. Touchdown Raiders with 1.14 to go. He lobbed it up for the hero of the day, and he came down with the touchdown. That's just sheer desire right there. That was a nice call. That was a great play-by-play call, Jason Horowitz. Lincoln Kennedy on the call. JT back with you as we continue on right here on the flagship of the Raiders. The inaugural Charles Woodson Las Vegas Charity Golf Tournament is Friday, October 21st. It's a 1 p.m. shotgun start at the beautiful TPC Las Vegas. There's a few foursomes left. Go check it out at woodsonwhiskey.com. The Hall of Famer joins us, the Heisman Trophy winner, Charles Woodson. C. Wood, how you been? Thanks for coming on again. JT, how you doing, man? Good to be with you. I'd be doing better if the team wasn't 0-3, and I'm sure you're aggravated and frustrated like Devontae as a Raider legend. What have you seen from watching the game, analyzing it on TV? What do the Raiders need to do to get going? Yeah, I think the, uh, the Raiders, what they need to do, man, is, is take advantage of their opportunities. Um, I think they've, they've left a lot of points out there on the board. You know, uh, JT, I go back to opening, you know, week against the Chargers. And uh, there were three opportunities I saw where the Raiders could have scored. Early in the game, uh, they crossing the route to, to uh, Waller. Um, Derek Carr threw it behind him. That would have been an easy six points. Uh, the interception that young um, Asante Samuel got, if he leaves Devontae to the end zone, that's a touchdown, but he shorted the ball. Sante comes up with a pick, and, and of course that, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for three points, or, or that would have been a touchdown, um, I believe. And then there was another one. He threw it low, you know, a line drive over the middle, picked off. If he leads Waller over the top, Waller's probably running in for a long touchdown. Um, so there, there's points out there that they're leaving on, on the board. I think defensively, um, I knew that would, you know, kind of be a work in progress. Um, but I, I'm not, I wasn't worried about the defense coming in. I just knew that this offense with the type of talent that they have would be able to score. And I think that's what they, they got to get uh, to the point to where they're not, you know, going out there and, and leaving opportunities, you know, to put points up um, on the field. Charles Woodson joins us. Charles, you've been a part of these captain meetings behind closed doors when a team meets. What are those like? When do you go to those? And what was your role in the past, either with the Raiders or in Green Bay, when it gets to a point where you need to talk, shut the doors, and talk with the team to get going? Yeah, you know, those those kind of meetings, man, can always be kind of tricky, you know, because, you know, a lot of times you, you have too many voices and too many people, you know, with an opinion that really don't need to talk. You know, you really do need, you know, the leaders, the true leaders on the team, you know, and this, you know, for example, we're talking about the Raiders. That needs to be Derek and Devontae Adams, in my opinion, and not too many more people other than that um, to get up and, and speak their mind. Uh, Max Crosley would be another guy, I believe. Uh, but but it just has to be a coherent message, man, and, and, you know, not necessarily preaching down on the other players, but saying, hey, there's some things that we need to fix uh, going forward. We know we have a good team. We know we have the players to be a better team, man, we just got to go out there and do it. And, and there can't be any point the finger, you know, this guy needs to do this or that. It, this is a collective effort. Uh, but it has to be a coherent message, you know, by those guys in, in, that, uh, in that, that meeting room and not just a bunch of, you know, uh, lip service. Charles Woodson's our guest. You know, Charles, one more football one. The spine of the defense, the middle linebacker, and the free safety, Trayvon Merrick, 
and Perryman have been out two of the three games so far, and I think the Raiders are getting gashed over the middle of the field. I mean, guys were running wide open. Then they make the adjustments in the second half, and they hold the Titans to no points. What is it like when those adjustments comes, and why aren't those adjustments set before the game to play a tighter defense? The Titans scored on the first three drives of the game in Nashville. Yeah, I think, you know, you know Perryman, I think, is a must for the defense to have. You know, watching that game, it, it looked like uh, up front they were getting, you know, pushed around a lot because the double teams were getting, you know, on those, on those linemen. And a guy like Perryman is a guy that he's not going to hesitate. He's going to get the double team up off you. And what I mean by that is he's going to diagnose the play very quickly, and he's going to hit a gap that's going to force one of those linemen to get off the double team and try to block him. And I don't think they were doing that, you know, especially early in that game. And uh, Henry was able to gash him for the big for the big yards. Uh, but I think just you know as the game goes on, you know you you start to um, you know see some of the things. You bring more people up on the line of scrimmage to try to make sure Henry you know doesn't you know get those big yards. But you know it, as as the game goes on, you start to see certain plays and you're able to make plays on them because you know teams basically they'll repeat plays throughout the first half and the second half, and you start to recognize them. You can make a better, make better plays on them. Charles is here. Go to WoodsonWhiskey.com. I'm excited to be at the golf tournament. You got a lot of big names coming in there, and the uh, your company Woodson Whiskey is partnering locally with the Raiders Foundation and the Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. This is a big deal. I know how much you want to give back. You do it in Michigan. You do it in Wisconsin. You do it in L.A. You're doing it in Vegas, wherever you can. Tell us about the foundation and what you're going to do to help this Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. Yeah, you know, JT, anytime uh, I do anything in a community where I'm trying to, you know, raise funds for, you know, Charles Woodson Foundation, which ultimately, um, you know, gives money to my, my uh, clinical research fund at Michigan, I try to tie in a local uh, charity and, uh, you know, try to make, make that community inclusive with what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, we kind of, our team went through a few different charities out there, of course, uh, the Raiders Foundation. Um, we're happy that, that they're a part of it and, and going to, you know, bless us with, you know, the, the Raiders Foundation in that name, mm-hmm. but also Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. Um, you know, I played with a few uh, teammates, you know, that, that were homeless at a time in their life, and I thought that was a story um, in a program that really stuck out to me when we were trying to choose. And, you know, this is an opportunity for a young man, young woman who, you know, out there kind of, you know, on their own, you know, mm-hmm. whether they've been kicked out of their home or uh, left voluntarily because the home situation wasn't right. This is a place where they can go and, um, you know, have a place to eat, have, have uh, you know, a roof over their head, something to eat, you know, help out with hygiene, and then also help them in terms of whether their goal is to go back home or to find find out how to live and maintain on their, on their own. And I, and I thought that was uh, – uh, important for me to give someone a, a second chance and an opportunity at life uh, going forward. Beautiful. Love what you do. You know that. What's going on in your personal life with the travel, with the TV, coast to coast, the family? Last time I saw you, you had pictures of your son making a great, great play in flag football. What's going on in your personal life? Yeah, man. Uh, football is still going on. My, my oldest right now, he's playing in tackle football. I believe their team is 3-1 and one right now. Uh, no playing this weekend. You know, we had the hurricane yes. through Florida. Uh, so there's a lot of people around, you know, this area that are reeling, uh, a lot of flooding, a lot of trees knocked down and property damage. So people are trying to, you know, going to try to make a comeback from this uh, this hurricane that, that just swept through. 
Um, and for myself, you know, uh, you know, you said it. You know, I'm traveling back and forth every weekend, man. I'm, I'm working on uh, NFL on Fox, the kickoff show mm-hmm. on uh, Sunday mornings, and you know, just such a pleasure working with my team of Carissa, Mike Vick, and now Coach Sean Payton. You know, talking some NFL football, having a great time with that. And also, I do a couple of college weekends. So last week, yes. I got to go back to Ann Arbor and uh, check out my Wolverines up close. We had our first test of the season playing against Maryland, which was a good game. But uh, my guys prevailed. Always great to be back in a big house, but even better when you win. No doubt about it. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, we're excited to announce. Charles is back with me for another year on radio. If you're listening anywhere, and we got a national platform here, but in Vegas especially, ask your server, ask the bartender, ask everyone exclusively for Woodson Bourbon Whiskey as Charles is putting more and more cases into so many casinos and restaurants in town. Charles, I want to end on this personal note. When I saw you at Clip Ranch's party, you're in a deep discussion with Lester Hayes. And Lester isn't in the Hall of Fame, and you are. And I just wanted you to share in a, a minute or two what that meant to you to talk to the great Lester Hayes as you are going to be a point person that could at least try to help him gain induction someday into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, man. You know, I, I've, uh, I've spoken to Lester Hayes on a, on a couple of occasions previous to that moment, but never really had a chance to like really, really sit down with him and just talk to him and really just, you know, talk shop, talk Raiders. And I thought, man, that was probably the best. Uh, I don't know. We probably sat down for 45 minutes to an hour just talking. And uh, what a great guy, man. And, you know, talking to him and, and to have him say or talk about how much he watched me over the years and him kind of really dissecting my game and how much, you know, how proud he was of me and the way I played. Um, it, it, it was pretty special, and uh, we just—we, I mean, we talked—we talked about a little bit of everything. And the night got kind of long, but it was fun sitting down with one of the greats of the game, a guy that I know has a tremendous amount of respect um, around football and those people that played against Lester, people that played on the same team as Lester, um, widely regarded as one of the best DBs at his time when he played, and uh, his time's got to be coming up. We 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 talked about that, and uh, you know he he. He's, he's like most guys, man. He he'll downplay it, you know. He's not worried about it, but um, he's like, when the time comes, it'll come. But man, it needs to come sooner or later for Lester. Absolutely, nicely said. We're proud to be a partner with you. It's the inaugural Charles Woodson Las Vegas Charity Golf Tournament. It's coming up October twenty first. Uh, if you want to get tickets, if you want to try to get a foursome right there, please do it. WoodsonWhiskey.com. Charles, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for the time. Hey, thanks, JT. JT, and hey, people, go to WoodsonWhiskey.com. Check it out. We only have a few foursomes left. So, hey, you got you still got a little time before it's all sold out. We will push it hard. Thanks, Charles. Have a great weekend. JT, appreciate it. You got it, Charles Woodson. Please go to WoodsonWhiskey.com. How are you not buying a foursome? I mean, right this second before they're gone. Tim Brown. I mean, you got Marshall Falk. You got Raider legends in each foursome. Go to WoodsonWhiskey.com. Coming up, I'll get into Tua. We'll talk about the Raiders, throw some stats out. My conversation again with Josh McDaniels. Busy hour, and then I'll be at Virgin. I'm at Virgin Hotel from 4 to 6. If you get out there tonight, that's where I'll be.